Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjoe Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And our topic for today is better learning through digital transformation, and I have... Bora Ulrichson, who is the Chief Information Officer with Gonzaga University. Hi, Bora. How are you? Hi, Sandro. I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? Very good. Life is beautiful, uh, and we are targeting having a fun summer. But then here, the education, I know you guys uh, actually close uh, very shortly, right, for, your, your, uh, for the school. But this could be the time to take a step back and rethink. And, and, and uh, the approach that we wanted to take here is about talking traditional technology, how it impacts universities or, or, or education as, as an industry. Always over the years, we have definitely brought about CIOs who work with the, the technology and, and helping university or the education system. But over and over, we saw a pattern where we were primarily focusing on infrastructure. In some cases, uh, providing the instructors the ease of being able to handle more students and maybe increase bottom line or sorry uh, basically bottom line or a profits for the education system but we we always felt there was not enough said and or being done about the actual customer which in this case is a student which means the 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 student who really want to develop uh, mastery in a subject or, or learn something better, faster, more effectively, there was not that much of a focus. So we wanted to bring this up as a topic and talk to you about this because, you know, this is as, as a first question, as you know, like in business, customer value is the most important and for education, it is the student. So then why are we only looking internally in fixing the plumbing and not what the student wants? Yeah, I think that's a that's an excellent question, Sandra. And I think a lot of us in higher education are looking at that right now. Um, I think you know, as you uh, alluded to, we have really you know worked very hard on on kind of streamlining a lot of the administrative processes in terms of running education, right? So we made it easier to apply. We made it easier for our uh, admissions officer and our registrars, you know, to uh, admit and enroll students and for them to enroll in classes and kind of, you know, it's easier to sign up for housing, it's easier to pay, it's easier, you know, so so a lot of those kind of administrative processes around the actual educational educa- experience, you know, we have uh, spent a lot of time and resources making those, uh, you know, really efficient and effective. But uh, you have a really good point. I'm not sure if we have spent enough time looking at kind of the core of what we're doing, right, which is teaching and learning. And, uh, you know, I am I'm a technologist. Uh, I've been in the technology for many, many years. I've been in, in te- technology in higher education for a long time. But, you know, I'm not a uh, – pedagogy is not my field of specialty. So, you know, when it comes to that particular, uh, you know, how do we teach uh, – I'm probably not the best uh, authority to speak on that matter. We have faculty members who know a lot more about that than me. I think for me, um, the opportunity that I see is around the data. So, you know, I obviously look a lot at what's going on in other industries that have come a lot further, you know, in terms of of, uh, embracing digital business, you know, travel, uh, retail, transportation, you know, a number of industries now that are being completely, uh, you know, revolutionized by uh, embracing uh, digital, uh, you know, digital technology, right? And, and the question for us in higher education, you know, what's that going to mean for us? I think uh, for me as a CIO, I think it starts with the data. I think, uh, you know, we generate uh, tremendous amounts of data every day at our institution, right? We know how many people applied. We know, you know, where they came from. We don't know. We know what kind of, uh, you know, educational background they had before we got here. We know how uh, a lot about how they did, you know, when they came to this university. We know which classes they were in. We know which grades they were getting. Uh, so we have a, a, a lot of data. You know, what kind of clubs they were part of while they were here. 
So we have, you know, this tremendous amount of data about our students, uh, but I, don't, I think we have just started scratching the surface to decide, you know, what are we going to do about it? And, and that's where I see where other industries are further ahead than us, right? If you go and shop at Amazon, you know, they use that data they have about you, your, your browser history, your, your, uh, your history of buying stuff, you know, and they will tell you, hey, we think that you will like to buy this widget next, right? Because a lot of people like you did, and then they, uh, you know, that's what they use to, to really drive their business. And I don't think that we in education are far, along, along, far enough along uh, you know, on determining how we're going to use the data to really become digital. So, so that's what uh, that's what I'm spending my time on right now. It's you know really uh, figuring out what data we have, making sure the data is good quality, uh, and then uh, presenting the data in a way that's going to make it possible for our faculty, for our uh, uh, leaders, and our uh, people who uh, you know run this institution to make decisions. Uh, you know, that's going to m- make the real difference for our students, I guess. So so definitely understand from your vantage point, you were, um, your role is to help uh, the organization through technology, and I'm sure you're doing wherever you potentially can. And you did mention data, which, of course, is one of the most important things. Now, the kind of data that you mentioned that you are collecting is mm-hmm. transactional, Right, all the places where you said, like whether it's the grades, the courses the person is taking, when they got enrolled, and even as they may be typing things on a portal, that's also data. But then, right, there, there needs to be something or, or some data which will actually tell us or give us a little more insights about how is this person learning. Because if you say, I'm just going to look at the grades to see how a person is learning, that is too, you know, discrete data, if you will. Like or whether it's a snapshot of data versus continuous um, places, like the places there we could collect data which will tell us the learning experience, if you will, or the learning journey of a student. So that may not happen if you've not been asked to do so or you do not know what to collect. So if I gave you a free rope, suppose I was CEO of an educational institution, I gave you a free rope and say, help me collect data so I know how a student is learning. What additional type of data or form of data would you go about collecting then? Well, that's a, it's a great question. And I'm, you know, I'm not so sure that it's about collecting more data because I actually think a lot of what you talked about right now there we have because, uh, you know, we have a, a learning management system that, uh, you know, where, where our faculty post all the assignments and then students kind of log on, like I mentioned, the portal and, you know, they work on assignment, right? And, and that breaks down all the way to that individual session, right? So we can see, uh, you know, when they were uh, logged on, we can see what they were working on. We can see, uh, you know, kind of the outcome in terms of that assignment, right? How did the, how, if there was a paper they were writing, you know, how was that graded? And we, uh, we capture all the way, you know, information around, um, you know, we are looking at certain outcomes for our, classes, right? So when a student takes a class, we're looking for a certain educational outcome. And that breaks down to individual assignments, you know, individual tests, quizzes, papers, you know, a number of, of things that the students produce, right? And, and we have the data all the way down to that granule, granular level, right, in terms of the student success on the individual assignments. Uh, what we're not doing is, you know, we're not really using it. We're not really going back and, and, and running analytics on it and, right, uh, and, and see, can we learn anything, right? Are there certain assignments that seem to be stumbling blocks, you know, where a lot of students actually kind of get off tracks, uh, track, you know, towards their educational success, right? Are there certain assignments that really seem to make a positive difference, right? Is there, is there a way we're delivering the instruction, you know, with maybe, uh, you know, some digital enhancements, right, with videos or multimedia or, you know, some kind of uh, interactive assignments, right? Are there, are there things out there that are helping students, right? So we, can, we have that data for the individual courses. It's just a matter of, you know, how are we going to use it? And then, uh, you know, the analytics also, you know, what we're looking at is uh, possibly there are certain courses that uh, can tell you a lot about, a possible future success for students in their chosen field. So, you know, there are some fairly straightforward, right, uh, statistics for a lot of our students 
is you know a very difficult subject, right? And and uh, and something they really struggle with. And there are a number of of uh, academic disciplines that focus around the you know the statistics is kind of a basic skill, right? So we can very early see if a student struggles in with statistics. You know that might be an indicator that we may need to work with them to really bring their skill sets up, or they may need to look at a different academic uh, path for themselves, right, where that's less important. So, so I, I, my opinion is it's not so much about collecting more data as, but, as about being smarter using the data that we have. And like you said, not get really just focused on, on you know, the individual transaction, but really get that 10,000 or even 40,000 foot view, right, where all the data kind of comes together and tells a story. So, Two two part question I'd ask you. Number one regarding the data. So you you mentioned that you go to the granular level, and I totally see to what degree you're going. Now let's consider that suppose uh, an, someone wrote an essay, and um, a professor graded it. So from what you describe, you would have captured the fact that somebody submitted an essay and the fact that he got us he or she got a certain grade. But then if you go further down, look at the very essay and the way a professor graded it, and if there were some qualitative and quantitative um, elements or facts that could be captured right there with professor providing input. Like suppose you, you might have seen like when we, you, you and I were, were in the college, we used to get scribbles, uh, you know, some of the professor scribbling on our essay that we would get our, our graded paper back, right? So, or, or some other form of input that was provided. If something like that was captured, which a professor is doing as part of grading and providing these additional notes, and those were basically analyzed, now we are getting into the weeds. But isn't that where the learning is being recognize whether it is happening or not. Yes, I agree with you. Yes, it is. But are and, we doing uh, that? Well, so here's the... So, so a lot of the data that you're talking about, we, we have, right? So, so typically, you know, a lot of our faculty members, uh, you know, they will provide the feedback, you know, in the learning management system, right, along with the assignment. So, and they will even provide the feedback down to the individual paragraph. Uh, and, and that's captured together. So, so two things are going on, right? Um, and uh, for me, uh, I think the one, the, the one thing I have to be careful about is the creep factor, right? So especially with our, our society now and, you know, big brothers watching you, all that kind of stuff, we have to be a little careful about, you know, that we don't, are not seen as kind of poking into, uh, you know, very personal data about our students, right? So, so we've got to be a little careful that we don't, uh, you know that 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 we maintain kind of privacy and 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 respect for you know the the, the individual. So that that's one of it. And the other thing is, you know, uh, as I said, I am a technologist and pedagogy are not my specialty. So so yes, I can provide that data, but I really need to find the faculty members on the other side, you know, who have kind of the you know the resources because this is very time consuming, right? It takes a lot of time and and, and effort. Uh, you have the time and resources to kind of work with us, right, to determine what that means. So I think, you know, we're, we're at a point where we now, we have, we have kind of, we know what we have in terms of the resources, and the resources here, I'm, I mean the data. And, uh, you know, we have, um, uh, you know, we have some examples from other industries where we see how they have used the data to really kind of reinvent, uh, you know, how they do their business, and now it's up to us in higher education to decide, you know, what does that mean for us? But it's not something, my opinion, again, this is, cannot be driven by us technologists because then it becomes a little big brotherish and kind of, you know, I don't think it's going to be helpful for, for our community. You know, it, it has to be a collaboration, and that's what I see. My job now is to engage our faculty in this discussion. Sure. And, and so let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and let's talk about it. You gave a good segue where we know that there is no doubt academic leaders and instructors want the best for the students. They really want them to uh, succeed and learn the best they can. But somewhere the ball is getting dropped. Is it 
that the the outcome that they're expecting it would they're taking onus upon themselves and not recognizing that technology is at a point where it can actually be of help or there is not enough discussion happening at a level where we talk about uh, the learning as an outcome as as a joint outcome between technology and academia and or or is there something which you would say and this is a very candid conversation we are having uh Barra, so uh is it because of inertia or inability or an intent to say you know what technology is is there just to enable versus drive innovation in academia and then people are coming with those preconceived notions what is this what is it that is preventing us even though we know everyone means well please stay tuned listeners we'll be right back Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Bara, uh, what, what I was hoping to do is to dig a little deeper on the psyche of academic Uh, instructors and the leaders who are driving educational institutions and see if it is a question of intent which i, I highly doubt because they they've got into this space because they wanted to make a difference in the student's life and the, in terms of the learning that happens or is there an inertia because they feel well we've been doing it this way i think there is no problem so we should not move or the inability because they feel there is no way out what's your thought wow you you have some good questions i job you know what i want to do first i i want to talk about some of the things that we are currently doing uh and and you know yes we're in the early phases and uh but you know this is what we're doing at uh, my institution this is what's being you know uh kind of focused on across higher education right and and so i want to get back to the data a little bit i don't want to forget about the uh the academic side and the pedagogy we'll come back to that but uh i really want to you know talk about kind of what we're doing with the data right now so uh so you know when you look at analytics right so in, in <clears throat> excuse me uh we have all these transactional data so as we talked about we've captured all this information about our students right so the question is now what do we do with it so in the past uh you know we would use that the data to kind of dig into the past and kind of learn about our past performance right and that's to some degree helpful in terms of understanding where we're coming from but uh what we want to move towards first you know what we're doing now is you know more predictive analytics right so what we are trying to do now is we're we're taking the data about our students uh you know and kind of as i mentioned you know their educational journey so far and and where they have done well and where they've struggled and we try to make some predictions in terms of their success right and as i mentioned that's where we find these kind of uh stumbling block classes or you know certain uh, other classes that maybe you know really help students be successful and then we try to use that when we advise them so as i mentioned you know we are now uh, many uh, higher education institutions using uh, you know analytics uh, for advising right and and as i mentioned if you're if you're struggling with certain classes uh in your discipline you know we're trying to then get extra help we're trying to advise you you know to make sure you kind of pick uh the classes that are going to be successful for you as a student so that's that's what's going on right now predictive right then uh you know uh, the next step that's being looked at and you know that we're working is is what we call prescriptive so that's where we would actually you know go on step further and say okay so you know we've seen what you've done so far we've seen where you've you where you you know where you've had some struggles and we see 
where you want to go. So now we're going to tell you what you need to do next, right? So we're going to tell you you need to take this class and that class and, uh, you know, sign up for some tutoring. And, you know, we have actually signed you up, you know, for next Thursday at 9 o'clock, right? So, so that's kind of where we, we want to – that's what we're looking at right now, you know, where we're looking at, at, at really telling the students what they need to do. And then, you know, down the road, uh, probably, you know, there's going to be even more uh, – uh, you know, probably using technology to actually having a conversation with the student, making suggestions, uh, but but actually, you know, uh, having technology do that so that we can provide more pers- a more personalized educational experience for students. So those, I think, you know, very non I'll call them non controversial uh, uh, parts of digital transformation. Right? I don't think there's anybody who thinks that's a bad idea. So, so as a technologist, as I mentioned, you know, those are some of the areas that I want to focus on because it's an opportunity uh, and it's, uh, you know, really something that we can work on right now and it's something that I think everybody agrees is a good thing. So, so, so that's going on right now. Um, now then we can kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, from a pedagogical point of view, you know, what's working and what's not working. And then it gets really tricky. Uh, so, you know, let's start with, uh, you know, the MOOCs, right? The massive online open courses, uh, you know, that have been around for a while now. And actually, we have a lot of data about MOOCs in terms of, you know, their efficiency and, and, and all that kind of stuff, right? And I think um, five, six, seven years ago, they were seen as kind of, you know, the next thing that was going to upend and revolutionize education, right? And it, it hasn't happened. They have a place. They are a great way of kind of uh, offering, you know, uh, a lot of people access to education at a very low cost, but, you know, they have an extremely high dropout rate, and, you know, it's been very difficult to kind of tie them together into like an educational program, right? So that's a good example of a technology that probably has become more of a niche. Uh, So now the question is, you know, well, then, you know, what are some of, uh, you know, what are some of the other things we could work on? in terms of, uh, you know, using technology at the, at the core of teaching and learning. And, uh, you know, the, that's where I think we have, we have a couple of challenges there. So, so one thing is the, the challenge is that, you know, we, we do more than just kind of, at least we try to do more than just kind of push knowledge into the students' uh, heads, right? We are trying to you know, educate the whole person. That's uh, uh, my uh, university, uh, Gonzaga University here in Spokane, Washington. You know, we're a Jesuit school, and our mission, you know, is to educate the whole person, mind, body, uh, and soul, you know. And, uh, and, and you know, that's, that means that, you know, some of the things that we're teaching them now in terms of, 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 of following that mission, we may not see, you know, bear fruits, until five, ten years from now, right? And after they graduated and they started working and, you know, we kind of see how they function in society, right? So, so we have this very long-term use we take. So it's very difficult to measure the efficiency and effectiveness, right, of, of that kind of core education. On the other hand, obviously, our students want jobs. So there's also a very kind of short-term, uh, very tangible outcome that our students are looking for, which, which are the skills that employees are looking for, right? So, uh, so we, you know, uh, when you and I talk about student success, you know, a, a big part of that is what kind of employment are they going to get afterwards, right? And there we have more data again, because we know what kind of jobs our students are getting. So we do know some of the skills we have to teach them in terms of those very practical kind of, you know, how to do programming or, you know, project management or, uh, you know, writing and communication, things like that, right? But how do you balance our overall educational mission of educating the whole person versus this, you know, more short-term needs of getting them the skills they need to, to, to have, you know, a, a gainful employment after graduation, right? So, so those are kind of the things that we're talking about right now as we're deciding and trying to determine what the digital transformation means for higher education. 
And very interesting. Thank you so much for that detailed response. Now, one of the things which we know, like I'll give an example of my own son who uh, is in an honors course and he's been asked, of course, while whatever we'll teach in the class and whatever assignments you'll submit, but you're expected to go out and explore the subject matter, try it in different situations and, and do those type of experimentations. So education truly or, or not more than the education, the learning is not necessarily confined to what you do or what a student does within the confines of a, a school. So that means your your education systems, the 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 data capture and and how do you stay close to a student that as they go about the learning journey, technology has to be by their side so that that learning approach and the outcome, all of that can be captured even outside of um, the places or, or the systems that you create typically for a student's learning. What are we doing in that regard? Yeah, I think, you know, this is, this is really interesting. So probably if, if I look around my institution and, and, and look at the technology that has uh, most greatly kind of impacted our students and as you talk, as you said, you know, uh, brought this learning environment outside the classroom and, and, you know, kind of they can bring it whatever they want, right, is uh, really uh, mobile devices and services like, uh, you know, Google and uh, Microsoft, uh, you know, where they have these cloud-based services where you can uh, share information with your class and with your classmates, where you can collaborate on assignments, uh, you know, and, and where you really have, uh, you know, this, this opportunity to bring, bring this learning environment with you wherever you go, right? So, so I think what I'm seeing is, uh, again, you know, in terms of the technology is, uh, you know, we are trying to put the tools in the hands of the student and the faculty that's going to make it possible for them to, you know, uh, capture information from their mobile device out in the field, you know, on a field trip or an assignment like you were talking about, right, and then putting together, uh, you know, a, a report or, you know, some kind of multimedia outcome, right, so that you can then bring that back. And then, uh, you know, our job, uh, again, from the technology side is to make it easy to kind of um, uh, edit it and, you know, create kind of a, a, an outcome that you, can, uh, that, that you can deliver and then uh, attach that you know, to the course in the learning management system. So I think, again, you know, a lot of our uh, focus is on making that process as easy as possible. And, and you know, we have, we're very lucky to have faculty members who are very interested in, in exploring that or then pushing that envelope. And, and that's a lot of what I'm spending my time on right now is setting up an environment on our campus where we can bring, uh, you know, faculty technologists and, uh, and, you know, course designers and instructional designers together, right, to create these kind of uh, educational experiences. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about the transformation that we spoke about. So, yeah, of course, we dug deeper into what is happening versus not happening. And if there are some changes to be brought about, it cannot happen overnight. There is going to be an incremental approach. Or, or maybe we have to do a revamp, but what style of transformation would really do good? Because if there are some systemic issues, whether it is culture, whether it is technology, whether it is processes, all of those have to be looked at if we are thinking transformation. What approach would help with and the outcome that we're looking for, which is the student, a better student learning? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. 
You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So I did ask about the transformation, whether it should be incremental or we should do a revamp, and which are the lowest hanging fruits that we can tackle. But frankly, before that, we got to know where we are going. So is there a specific vision to that end where student learning becomes most important? And if yes, what does that vision look like and what is that holy grail we are pursuing? Yeah, so, you know, first of all, let me say we have to go. So, uh, you know, I think like you alluded to earlier, maybe up till now we've been able to kind of – the, the, the need to change has been less urgently felt because we have had, uh, you know, and, and, you know, fairly high uh, number of high school graduates and, uh, you know, enrollments have been, uh, at least for many of us and, and here at Gonzaga, uh, definitely a, the case, you know, enrollment's been very strong. So that, that's really helped us. Uh, I think what we're all seeing now are two things. So number one is the, the number of kids graduating from high school is now coming down, Right. So uh, the, the children of the baby boomer generation, you know, that kind of little bump we had, that's, that's trailing off. So that's one challenge, right? And certainly in our current political climate, you know, to count on large influx of international students, I don't know if that's going to be a good strategy for us. So, so, uh, so there has to be a move. Uh, there has to be, you know, something's going to have to happen. And then that's combined with the cost of higher education, right, which has been you know, going up uh, at a faster clip than inflation, you know, and education is getting very expensive. And, and, you know, our community is telling us no more. You know, you can't keep bumping up the price. You know, you're really uh, impacting our ability to afford education, right, which is kind of counter, uh, counter to everything we believe in. So, so I think there's, a, there's an agreement across our community that, that we're going to have to change. But, but what does that mean, right? Um, I think... For, again, for me, uh, as the CIO, uh, I want to, uh, the transformation I want to make is, you know, I want to get away from kind of, uh, I want to get away from the old way of investing in technology. Uh, and the reason for that is, you know, our old way of investing in technology was to buy very expensive systems, Right. Hardware, software, infrastructure, you know, we'd kind of, uh, you know, we'd make big multi-million dollar purchases and then, you know, we'd put them in and then we run them, right, for as long as we can because uh, the longer we run them, you know, kind of the better return we get on that uh, initial big investment, right? The challenge and problem with that is, you know, that's, uh, it's not very flexible. So then when the needs of our community changes in terms of how we want to use technology uh, as part of teaching and learning, it's difficult for us to change because we have these big monolithic systems that are not flexible and, you know, where we have made these big investments. So we're not something we're really comfortable kind of just throwing out and, and starting from scratch, right? And, and I think, you know, when you look at, again, these other industries uh, that I alluded to earlier, you know, what they have done is they have already moved away from that model and they're buying, uh, you know, kind of services now. So instead of, uh, you know, building your own data center and, you know, investing a lot of money in, in the servers and the, and the network and, and all that kind of stuff, right, to run your own data center, people are just renting uh, capacity from companies like Amazon and, and Microsoft, right? Uh, and, and in higher education, we have done a little bit of that, but, you know, we're way behind everybody else on that. So I think, you know, uh, if we can... Uh, create a technology infrastructure that's uh, more flexible, where we kind of buy things as services as we go along, and then, uh, you know, that we're able to um, uh, make these kind of changes faster. I think that will, uh, you know, that will enable us to be more flexible and react faster when we work with, with faculty. So that's, uh, and students, you know, in terms of, of improving the educational experience. So that's one thing I see as, a, as an opportunity for us. And then, uh, and this is more me talking, uh, you know, based on my experience from, from higher education, uh, but, but I strongly believe that, you know, more than ever when our students walk, you know, we just had our commencement weekend before last, right? And it's, it's a fantastic experience. You see all these young people and, and they've had 
have this major accomplishment in their lifetime, graduated from college, right? And now they're kind of looking to the future and it's a lot of excitement, right? But I would say more than ever, you know, they're not done learning, right? Uh, they are going to go into, uh, you know, their, their work life and very quickly find that, you know, while they got a great education here at Contaga, there were probably something that they didn't learn, in that, learn here that they now realize they need. And they're going to go like, how am I going to learn that now? Because I need it in my job. And I think we have an incredible opportunity as a campus to maintain, you know, the contact with that student and say, hey, uh, you know, yes, we realized we gave you a really good education as a, you know, a uh, computer science major, right? And you're a really good programmer. But now you're realizing you also have to be a project manager because that's what you're being asked to do in your job. Well, we also have a certificate program in program, a certificate program in project management, right? And we already know which classes you took here. And, you know, we have basically, we can customize a program for you to get a certificate as a project manager, you know, based on the, the relationship we have with you and the knowledge we have, right? So, so I think, you know, that's, that's also a tremendous opportunity we have and, and, and maintain that lifelong relationship, right, and, and be part of their, our, our student educational journey for their entire career, uh, I think it will really help them. I think it's a great opportunity for us. You know, we are a university. We are driven by, you know, uh, uh, you know making money from offering education, right, and, and who better to offer it to than the, the people we already know because they've been here as students. No, definitely. A fantastic uh, response to the question. Question uh, which I asked was, of course, you, you answer in terms of where we are supposed to go. And then the approach that we are to take, which is incremental or a revamp, because there are so many moving parts. So what have you seen working truly? So I'm sure you're trying to tackle this. Are you seeing that you've got to really do a complete reset? so that you can rethink from ground up or you're going to keep chipping away at it because it is such a big, um, and an acad- academia is one of the oldest industries, if you will, right? Oldest professions. And you are, you're trying to change the mindset and that too using technology, which most people are like deer in headlights when you try to tell them this is a new way you can do something. What, what approach is working? I, you know, Good question again. Uh, for us, uh, as an established institution, it's going to have to be gradual, right? Uh, I don't think we're in a place where, you know, we can't really, uh, you know, we can't really afford a revolution, right? Because we, because of, of our, 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 our mission, uh, you know, and this, uh, you know, wanting to, to be more than just a place for, uh, you know, learning, right, and be more uh, and really be a place for personal growth. It, there are so many pieces that come together there, you know, inside and outside of the classroom, you know, your volunteer experiences as a volunteer in the community, you know, joining the, the, the clubs and organizations on campus, all that kind of stuff, right? So I, I, don't see, I don't see us ever throwing that kind of out the window and go like, oh, that was fun, you know, let's try something else now. It's too much of you know, part of our DNA and who we are, right? So, so that will stay in place. And, uh, and what, we, what I want to do is, you know, uh, my number one priority right now is, you know, to find the faculty members who want to help us push the envelope. And, uh, you know, uh, in some cases, those are newly minted PhDs, right, who are kind of digital natives already and who have kind of been on the other side of this, learning environment, right, and probably used services like Google and Microsoft Office 365, you know, all the way through, uh, you know, elementary and middle and high school, right, that, and then through their university career. So, so for them, you know, this is, this is more, uh, you know, this is kind of who they are. So they are going to be expect to use these tools as part of their uh, teaching. Uh, and then we also have faculty members who have been around for a longer time, but who have also, who have always been kind of the, uh, you know, the pioneers, right? The ones who want to go out and, 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 and take, use the new technology and kind of experiment and play and, and, and you know, see what works, right? And, and then push the envelope in their field using technology. And, you know, for, my, for me, my job is to find them. My job is to, uh, 
gather all the resources they need, uh, preferably in one place, you know, so it's not like they have to go and, and, and hunt down all these different experts in different fields of technology. You know, we, all us, we experts need to kind of be together so that, you know, it's going to be easy to find us and easy to work with us, uh, you know, to make this transformation. And then, but I think, you know, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be uh, one course at a time. And it's going to be, you know, working, you know, with faculty member. And I think uh, my my experience from higher education is, uh, you know, every, we all love to learn. I mean, we're in this field to learn. So if we can have some successes there, you know, and, and, and reinvent some of this curriculum using technology and show our community and our peers how we're doing that and what kind of impact it's having, you know, that's going to be the most powerful story. And, uh, you know, I, I think many institutions, us included, you know, we are, uh, you know, we're starting that process. But I, I you know, and, and I think some are further along than others, uh, and some, you know, don't have that history that we have, and it may be possible for them to move faster. But I also think that, you know, those of us who, who kind of, have, um, you know, have been around for a while, you know, we have some things going for us in terms of this total experience, right, of which the classroom is only one part of it. Since academia is, is as I mentioned, the oldest uh, industry and a global community, if you will, and there is an opportunity for all different organizations to learn from each other, I'm assuming you already are doing so. So are, what are we finding? Is there a recipe? Is there a critical path? Is there a playbook to actually leveraging the digital transformation to impact student learning? If at all there are any uh, revelations, any, any uh, discoveries the different organizations may have made to say what to do and not to do, that would be great for you to share on this forum. But please uh, stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, um, as we spoke about this, Bara, about all the different ways you may have attempted, and I'm sure globally other organizations are attempting it is very valuable for us to learn from each other and not repeat mistakes, but at the same time also learn what would work for us. So what type of experimentation which is being, uh, which, which are recommended for an organization to learn their specific style or recipe to do this digital transformation towards this learning? And what are some of the mistakes made? What are some of the things which have been successful so that the listeners, one way or the other, benefit from this learning? Yes. Well, let me talk about a couple of things that have not worked. Uh, so uh, just to kind of start with that and hopefully get it out of the way. Uh, so interesting thing, uh, you know, about our industry uh, that I think is pretty unique for to higher education is, you know, what we call this joint governance, right? Which means that when it comes to running a university, uh, it is a shared responsibility between the administration, you know, as uh, represented by the president or the chancellor, and the faculty. And, you know, that's always uh, a challenging balance, right? Because, uh, you know, we may not always see eye to eye on our priorities and all that kind of stuff, right? But it's, you know, kind of what kept higher education 
uh, what that's what has meant that you know we have been so successful for so many years. You know, is that the people who delivered instruction are also part of kind of setting the direction. So I think you know uh, we've had some uh, missteps up till now where. Uh, I think in on the administrative side, uh, as uh, you know, we're kind of um, uh, trying to look forward and trying to make the kind of changes we we see need to happen. If we don't consult with faculty, uh, you know, we end up pushing uh, technology that doesn't go anywhere. So, so I know that there are universities, for instance, that have uh, tried to. Uh, implement uh, these MOOCs, right, the massive online open courses as part of the curriculum, but not really consulting with faculty first, right, and kind of just trying to, to kind of push it through. And that, you know, created a, a pretty bad backlash, backlash with faculty, and now you get kind of a, uh, you know, a, a conflict, right, and, 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 and it doesn't really work well for the institution. So I would say, you know, trying to kind of re- or time, trying to digitally transform the core of who we are, that's not a good place to start. Uh, and, and we have seen examples of, you know, why that doesn't work. So, so my roadmap, if you will, is to really start with, uh, you know, our continued education. So we already have uh, a group on our campus that are focused on, uh, you know, working with uh, People have already either, you know, graduated from university or who are not really seeking a degree, right? But they're seeking certain skills and competencies that they need in their work. And that's probably where there's the most interest in using technology because their students are, you know, what we call non-traditional students. They're not going to come on campus and live in the dorm and go to school, you know, full time, right? They already have jobs. Many of them have families, uh, you know, and, and they need a very flexible and kind of accommodating uh, experience where they can learn when they have time. You know, it might be nights, it might be weekends, you know, whatever it is, right? And, and, and that's fairly established in, in many places, you know, and, and that's where I see the opportunity to, to start pushing, you know, a little further into what digital transformation means, right? And that's where I think, uh, you know, we could push things like uh, badges, right? So that's a, a, something that people are talking about right now is, you know, uh, that you will take a, a course that's fairly short and you get a digital badge that you can then use on your LinkedIn profile uh, or, you know, any kind of other social media, right? So now people know that you know how to do project management or Python programming or whatever it is, right? Very specific skill. Goes along with kind of what we call micro-credentials, right? Where you can then, uh, you know, when you learn these skills, you kind of build a portfolio of these micro-credentials and, and that might actually lead you to a degree, you know, if that's what you're looking for. But it's kind of your own degree that you decide uh, that you, uh, as a student, kind of design yourself. And then you pursue when, when it kind of works for you, right? So it might take you longer uh, to get that degree. And, but it's going to be the kind of the degree that's going to work for you, right? I think, so I think that's an exciting area. Uh, and then I think, you know, uh, Another area that we're talking about and kind of discussing what it means is what we call competency-based education, right? So what about all the stuff that I, that I already know because of my life experience and, you know, what I've learned in my job and, you know, other things I've done, right? It's some of that actually transferable into some kind of uh, educational credit, right? And could we even build... Uh, you know, credentials that are a combination of learning new skills, but also kind of taking advantage of, of you know, what you know so far, right? So I, I think, you know, those are some of the areas that are very, uh, they're ready to be explored, but they're better explored in, uh, you know, a setting where you're, where you're not trying to transform the core of who we are, because as we talked about now, you know, who we are is, is, is so important to us, you know, and, and, and that's going to take us kind of a long time to kind of reflect on, on, on how we want to change that. But the change is probably going to happen more on, on, on the areas that are outside the core, right, and, and, and like extended education, working with local businesses to build even the programs that are tailored to the needs of that business, right? So, uh, and there we have examples too, like, you know, uh, Starbucks has been working with Arizona State University to provide, uh, you know, a program where 
uh, where Starbucks employees can take classes, subsidized classes from Arizona State, right? And then there are other uh, uh, companies that are doing the same thing. And when you're looking at the type of um, people that you need inside the company, right? And when we're talking about the leadership, what should be the change in the mindset and approach to how they have been running uh, their organization in order for you to really leverage digital transformation? This was my last question, but I'd like for you to give uh, an answer which would allow people to start thinking uh, and the leaders who are listening to this to think about what should they change in themselves so that the transformation happens? Well, uh, very shortly, I think, you know, uh, as a leader, our job is to, uh, you know, determine who who's going to make this happen, right? Because it's really, it's not going to be... A, us, the leaders of the university, you know, we, we're, we're doing a lot of different things at the same time. And, you know, we're not going to be able to make every decision. So we need to identify the people who are going to make this happen, right? And as I said, there might be the, you know, the person who's in charge of the extended, extended education program. It might be a department chair in the College of Business who's uh, kind of really uh, interested in pushing, uh, you know, this transformation of the curriculum, Right. Our job is to find those people, and then we need to give them the resources, uh, money, time, and people, and we need to give them the authority to make decisions, right? I think, you know, uh, for any organization, and especially for us in higher education, you know, uh, uh, we have not been good enough about kind of pushing authority uh, to the people who can actually make the difference, right? And if, if we make them kind of go and ask for permission every time they want to try something new or or experiment, or, you know, um, bring in technology, uh, it, it's not going to work. You know, we don't have time for that. You know, we can't take three months to make up, a, the, make up our minds of whether we're going to let, you know, extended education do, you know, one thing or the other, right? We have to kind of trust the people who lead those areas uh, All right. you know, that they're going to make the right decisions. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much, Bara, for sharing your insights on how we can use digital transformation to move closer to the end goal of offering students that true learning and mastery that they are seeking. Thank you so much again for your insights. Thank you, Sanjog. I appreciate the opportunity. Listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CTN, that is CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn community. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.